Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. Welcome back. I am Dr. Tanya Breland. And I'm Erica Leek. And this is our podcast, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadows of Resistance. In this podcast series, we discuss issues that prevent us from being socially just and free. The goal here is to disrupt the status quo of racial inequity uh, in the systems. So each episode challenges us to be the change we want to see. In this series, our new series, we're really looking at justice for all. And we're gonna look at different areas of justice. So today we actually have a guest and I'm gonna let Tanya yeah. talk to us about that. Yeah, so today we have a very special guest and we have a friend of mine from many, many years ago who is the city council president for the great city of Trenton in New Jersey. And her name is Mrs. Tesca Frisbee. Tesca, welcome. We're so happy to have you this, this afternoon and um, to join us in our conversation. And Tesca is gonna share a little bit about just her journey into politics. So she's on the political scene in the city of Trenton um, and she is doing great things. Um, and so I wanna hear a little bit more, if you don't mind, just sharing us, sharing with us a little bit about your journey into politics. What really drove you into politics? So thank you, Erica. Thank you, Tanya. It's good to see you all. And Tanya, uh, always good to see you. And I even love even more hearing you, hearing that uh, beautiful melodic voice of yours and your entire family. But uh, we're not here to talk about that today, but I always have to put that in there since you sang at our wedding. But... Um, it was, um, yes, we've known each other for several years, and I never thought that I was actually going to be in the political sector. Uh, I, it was never an interest of mine, but I also knew what I wanted for my community, and better yet, I knew what I did not want for my community, and that was what was being presented. I knew what our city had already gone through. I knew about the uh, the growth and or lack thereof here in the community because we weren't working together. And I needed to know that there was going to be someone in there that was going to have the people's interest best at best at heart. Those who came knocking on my door, um, I didn't have the confidence in them. And my family, we go by the um, motto of if you can complain about it or you could do something about it. I'm not a complainer. Um, so I chose to do something about it. And that was throwing my hat into the ring um, for city council. Um, I was... Uh, over, I, I was overwhelmed with the response um, with getting here, and I'm grateful to have been elected as a West Ward representative, and then also um, at the same time as council president by my peers. So that was um, a blessing in itself. But the road to getting here for me was seeing our streets um, that are were just in poorly disarray. You go to one town over to the left, to the right, front or back of us, and theirs don't look like that. You look at our school systems, and the lack of the strength and support thereof. And again, you look to the left, you look to the right, and it didn't look the same way. Um, the same thing with homelessness, um, the disparities with, with food in our communities. And I could go on and on, but 
those were a lot of the issues that were concerning me. And it didn't seem like they were at the forefront of those who came knocking on my door to ask for my support. So I got into the race. And I think it's really important that you did get into the race. I mean, what you're talking about are the inequities mm -hmm. that we see in society. So Eric and I have been doing this podcast pretty much most of this year. Yeah. And we've been talking about, you know, social, um, social justice or the injustices that occur in communities. We spend a lot of time talking about education because of our educational backgrounds. But, you know, we really, um, I really appreciate your just naming just some of the inequities yeah. that you're seeing in the city of Trenton. And I, I hear the passion that you have and, you know, which really speaks to you being a champion for social justice mm -hmm. in, um, in the city of Trenton. So tell us a little bit more about what it means in your role as a, a champion for social justice in your city. So for me, it, it means a, a couple of things. But one, it means that I'm not going to just settle for what people think that we should have. I don't believe in us receiving the crumbs from anybody's table. We are the capital city. Um, we should be receiving the top of the crop, the cream of the crop, um, as uh, the, the saying goes. And that's not what I felt that we were giving. I believe that we were getting secondhand um, of everything. And that's not good enough. It's not what I want for me. It's not what I want for my children. It's not what I want for my family. And definitely not what I want for our community. So with that in mind, um, we have had, I mean, just recently, we have um, organizations that are coming in, they're coming into our schools and they are, we've had an organization that has delivered washing machines, dryers and refrigerators, because why? They know that there are children who are in the school system that are actually homeless. And when you're, you have a child and your child is going to school, or if you're a child and you're going to school and you're getting up and leaving out of someone's car or leaving out of someone else's home and it's not your home, it can leave you feeling some kind of way. It doesn't make the stakes um, or the ground equal for you. So here, with, by allowing there to be a food pantry in a school, a place where children can go and have their clothes washed even while they're there, and what they have done to make sure that they the dignity is retained. This school has, um, in its Gregory School, I just want to call them out, they have provided a pathway so that when the children go in, they go in through there's a doorway that everybody has to come out to go for school, but these can go into another doorway where no one else sees them other than the liaisons and the um, the staff there. They can get as uh, bags of groceries to take home with them. And at the same time, they can drop off their clothing and have their clothing washed while they're in school and have them dried and have it prepared. So this way, when they're in class, they're actually in clean clothing because their parents can't go. They can't afford to go to a laundromat. And that's something that's little for some people, but it is major for a child when you're insecure about your physical being when amongst your peers. And that's where you, a lot of our children, I, and I hate to talk about it, but I have to talk about it, is our youth suicide. We have the suicide in our community. The rate has, has gone to rate places that I never thought we would go. We have seven-year-olds who are taking their own lives or attempting to take their own lives. And that's disheartening. So we have to make sure that we're taking care of our future. And that starts yeah. with our babies. So the school systems right now is a major heartbeat for me. Whatever it is that I hear about that I think that they might need it, we're looking to see how do we get that in there. And I again, don't give me the crumbs. We don't need, they don't want, they don't deserve the crumbs. Just what you would want for your child. That's what we want for our children. 
brand new refrigerators, brand new washing machines, brand new dryers, a food pantry that is giving them quality food so that they can go home and take it with them. And it makes a difference in the stress level because you and I both know, as all of us know as adults, if stress levels are higher in the house, there's usually a more higher chance of there being violence, be it physical or mental um, violence. There, it, But when you have, um, when the when things are a little bit more peaceful, when you can come in and say, hey, mom, or hey, dad, I brought this in from school, or such and such, it's I have enough to all for all of us to eat. Don't worry about the clothes. I took them this morning to school and the parents can come and they bring their clothes home clean. That's a load off of the parents. And not that it, the onus should be on the child, but the fact that a child can do that and know that they are, they are actually put, pouring into the house, it makes a difference. So we're trying to take away all of the excuses, all of the barriers for why a child is not positioned to learn when they first come in. And, that, and there's another part I'll talk about a little bit later on um, where we have a Trenton Street team that helps walk children to school now because there are some children who just they're in a new system. They're on a one side of the uh, community that they've never been on. We have four wards, north, south, east, and west here in Trenton. And we have um, combined our school system so that children who've never been on the north side have to now go to the north side. Those who've never been on the south side, they now have to go to the south side. And there can be anxiety when you're going because you may not feel welcome. Well, we have a Trenton street team that helps them, but we call it safe passage. And they'll walk with them, talk with them, engage them as they're going and making sure. And, it, and that, again, takes a load off of the parents because the parents know that their child is going to get to work, um, is going to get to school safely while they are out going to work. Mm -hmm. What I really hear is like this equity lens, this justice lens, right? Making right. sure that individuals, particularly kids, right, have what it is that they need. Can you talk a little bit about how did you develop that? And like, when you think about policy and initiatives, how do you make sure that you are using a lens of equity or a lens of justice? Could you talk a little bit about that? So for me, that comes a little bit easier than for some and then equally for others. I'm a child, I'm a mother of a child who's differently able. So my lens is a little bit more skewed than it is with other um, folks. Um, I'm always looking to see where someone um, is not being treated the way they should be treated. And I take, like I tell the students when I go into the schools, when I put the word my in front of you, I really do, I, I, I really take that personally. So when I say these are my students, these are my schools, these are my teachers, these are my seniors, which I'm also very guarded about, that makes it personal for me. So. When I go out and I'm speaking to all the stakeholders, no matter who you are, I'm speaking from a my standpoint. And now that means you can't give me crap. You can't give me just anything because I'm not going to accept just anything. Whatever it is that I am fighting for, I'm fighting for mine. And mine does not get crumbs. Mine does not get um, leftovers. Mine gets the top of it. And we, I know that we are deserving of it. And I'm not going to accept anything less than that. So when I'm pushing, I'm pushing because I, and it's because I know what others have done. I know what others are doing. I go to the school, the schools around us. I've been to several of the schools, be it in Lawrence, Hopewell, Ewing, Princeton, all of them. I know that we are, they're all doing something and what they're doing is giving their, their children the top of the crop. They're, they're getting brand new. If they're giving them coats, they're not giving them dirty used coats. They're giving them brand new coats. 
If they're giving them gloves and hats, they're getting brand new. So when you come to me and I say that I, I put out there that there's a deed in my community, I expect you to give me what you're going to give if this was Princeton, if it was Hopewell, or better yet, I expect what you would give what if you know that this is the capital city. And the capital city, we deserve no less, if not better, than the others. So don't give me the crumbs. So when I'm fighting or advocating, that's what I'm I'm advocating for. I'm advocating for you to give me what you would want me to give to yours. I, I love that yeah. advocacy piece. Mm -hmm. We talk about advocacy often, you know, yeah. or, or being allies. Um, in your case, I know that, you know, Trenton is a predominantly black and brown city. Um, and so, you know, as as an advocate, you know, as a black woman also advocating for the students and the, the families and, and those that are in your community, I know that, um, you know, that you're that you that you really are like an advocate yeah. for, for those groups of of, um, of your constituents, if you will. And I know you don't just care about those in your ward because um, I know you. So I know that that's like, you know, more than just what you do. But, you know, what what I notice a lot of times um, in communities we see when it comes to, um, you know, not just the advocacy that you do, but when it comes to uh, the people having faith mm. in the system, mm -hmm. It feels like sometimes, I don't know, you can correct me, like maybe is it an uphill battle getting mm -hmm. people to come out and, and vote and come out and, mm -hmm. and um, you know, let their voices be heard? You know, I, I wonder, I wonder about that, you know, and what you're seeing and, and what would you say to those in your community who might feel apathy? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't think the system really is here to help me. And it's clear that you're doing the work yeah. because you've given us many examples of the work that you're doing alongside others in your community. But how do we get people to, um, to trust in the system? I think that's really yeah. what I'm trying to get to. So that's a really great question. And we, it, it, I won't say it's a completely uphill battle, but we, It'll be a year that we have been in office, or at least um, four out of the seven of us will have been in office as of the um, end of this November. And well, we have been elected, I should say. January 1 is the, was when we will make a year that we will have been in office. And unfortunately, uh, the previous administration didn't work very well with um, the, uh, the mayor and his administration. So when we came in, there was a anxiety of sorts. People were waiting for us to get um, growl with one another, to raise our voices, to be rude, to be dismissive and disrespectful to one another. One of the things when I got into the seat and I told folks I didn't um, uh, advocate to be president because I thought that nobody else knew it better or could do it better. I advocated to be in the president's seat because I knew that there was a certain tone that I wanted to have adjusted here in our capital city. And that was the tone of respect and, and, uh, and workability. That if we can work with each other, if we will work with each other, then the system actually does work. And that was the point that I wanted folks to get. We can work respectfully. We can speak to each other with dignity. We can speak to each other in a monotone tone. I don't have to yell at you to get something um, done. And you definitely don't need to yell at me to get something done. You don't have to be rude. Don't have to be dismissive. And we can actually work with one another. And even if you don't like me, you don't have to because everybody's not going to like me. And I get that. But as long as you can respect the work that I'm doing, um, one of the things that I all, when I go in before council, I say, when we're making decisions, 
the first question we should ask is, is this the best thing is for, for Trenton? Mm -hmm. The last question I ask, is this the best thing for Trenton? And if at either time those answers are no, then we know that, that is not what we're going to do because we're supposed to be here to up to bring our city and our community up. And we're here working for what is best for Trenton. The blessing for me has been, we are speaking the same tone. We have seven individuals completely independently in our thinking, but we are on one accord with what is best for Trenton. And we're working with the administration. They're speaking Trenton forward. So that's pretty much our model. It has been since we've been in office is Trenton forward, Trenton forward. The mayor says it, the council members say it, the administration, the directors, they're saying it. And that's one of the biggest blessings is that we're getting the same speech. Not that we are uh, robots or we are um, puppets or anything, but we are getting the same speech. And for me, that's the heart. You're we're yeah. getting the same heartbeat. And that is we want to move Trenton forward. But we all realize that it takes all of us working together in tandem, that if one of us gets that big ego and it's about them, it throws everything off. So we are constantly checking in with each other. We're having communication, which is amazing. We talk to one another. <laughs> uh, we have conversations and we check in to make sure, how are you feeling about this issue? Is that something that you think would work? Okay, well, let's figure out why you don't think that or tell me why. Maybe I'll, I'll get to the same page as you are. But the fact that we're having conversations and the bottom line is always want to move Trenton forward and asking that question, what's best for Trenton? When we can do that and we can get there and stay there, then we can move the city forward. And that's exactly what we're doing. We have developers now that developers wouldn't touch Trenton. Um, and I'm not saying that to both. I'm saying that because I, I've seen all the dilapidated properties that are around our community. Over the last, I want to say, seven months, we have gotten so many properties that have been in disarray. Uh, those that have been falling down, those that just needed to come down, those that need to be repaired. We have gotten over hundreds, over hundreds, hundreds of houses that have been tended to um, buildings that have been contaminated because of for chemical, whatever issues we've gotten those taken down. We're having dialogue with the state and people have to understand it's not just local government. You have to get with state government. You have to get with federal government and you have to build relationships. And that's one of the things I came in saying from the beginning, we have to build and rebuild relationships. We have to get a trust factor back in here. And so that's what we've been doing. We've been talking with the state. We've been talking with the federal government and we're getting them to see we're working together and they are investing back in us again. They're investing back in the capital city because they see that we are doing things that is going to make our community productive. And that goes from our babies to our mm -hmm. seniors. All of it works together, but we've all got to do just that. And that's work together. Love that. And I love that vision that you have and that you're um, implementing of collaboration, um, working together and that teamwork, because I really think that that's really, you know, especially in this um, sort of this social um, atmosphere we have of divisiveness, mm -hmm. that spirit of collaboration is so right. important. Right. Um, so in our in our final moments, as we really think and land on this this spirit of collaboration, can you talk just a little bit? I know you we've we're we're winding down. Just when you think about like what can the community do? 
um, you know, to, you know, support or to work towards this vision of, you know, collaboration, mm -hmm. um, this justice through collaboration. Can you talk a little bit about like what you would love to see happen amongst the community in support of this? So Eric, I love that question. Um, I'll, I'm going to start with this. One of the things that I said to um, my constituents when I was um, running for office was when um, I was running is that when I get elected, I need you to hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. But there's a flip side to that. When I get elected, I'm going to hold you accountable because I need for you to come out. When I say that I'm having um, town hall meetings, I need you to show up. When I say that we're going to advocate for something and I need you to show up at city hall to show the mayor that this ward or this community has strength in numbers. I need you to show up and do that. And then when I say that, okay, I'm going to do um, X, Y, Z. I said, you want to get those houses that over there that have been sitting there falling down for years and I can get that taken care of. I need for you to come back and say, Tesca, well done. Or if I don't do that, say, you know what you said to me that you were going to get this done. And I just said, Hold me to the fire. I said, but make sure you do it respectfully because when I come back at you, I'm going to do the exact same thing and I'm going to come back at you respectfully. But if you don't support me, I said, don't put me in here alone because otherwise I'm going to fall. I, it's guaranteed that I'm going to fall. But if you come with me, there's strength, there's strength in, that, in those numbers. The other part of it is, is bringing up the pride in our city. We are a historic community. We are so rich but people don't realize just how rich we are. And when you get to getting people to taking pride in what's theirs, it changes the atmosphere. It changes the way you talk. It changes the way you walk. And when you have cleaner streets, which is what we're making sure we're getting more trash cans out, making sure that the street sweepers are out, making sure that we have vehicles, because we, we were short on everything from inspectors to um, the street, the, the, the vehicles that we need to keep our um trees croned and our street, streets cleaned, even the employees, we are getting those numbers back up again so that now people can see a cleaner Trenton. And when it's cleaner, you can see a little bit clearer. When you start talking about the history and those great people who have come out of the city of Trenton or who the gross great people who are still here in the city of Trenton, like a thing Mo and the young man, um, Trey, who just went to the San Francisco 49ers. When you get a sense of pride, your chest comes out a little bit higher. You get to smile a little bit more instead of saying, oh, you're from Trenton. You want, oh, you're from the, no. And I told them what my part of my campaign is when people Google the city of Trenton, I want them to be able to change the trajectory of what it is that's coming up. Not the crime, not the guns, not the disparities. I want them to start seeing the great things. All of our scholars, we have some intelligent, intelligent children. One young man, and I'm going to brag on him every time I get an opportunity. He was nine years old, and he he, helped, he did all the illustrations for a book that I actually wrote. And the book's out, sold out on Amazon three times. Sold out mm -hmm. on Amazon three times. Nine, nine years old. And his name now is, I made sure I put his, not just his name, but his picture. I wanted him to have all of that. But there are so many talented children, so many talented youth and our seniors, they mm -hmm. are absolutely golden to me. And we want to make sure that their latter days are just as comfortable as their, their former days. So they should have clean housing. They shouldn't have to worry about when they walk down the street, are the lights on? Is there going to be someone to engage with them when they get into their buildings? 
they should be able to know that this place is that they've been they've been thought about in the plans when it comes to our our city, and that's what I want to make sure we are that we let our community know that when we're making decisions, we're making the decisions with the community at the heart of it, and if we can do that, it lets people know you care. And what I like to tell the children when they're walking by my home in the morning, if I'm sitting on the porch, I see you yeah. in a nutshell. People want yeah. to know that you see them. And that's, that's what right. I want our community to know. I see you. I hear you. And I am you because that's really who I am. I'm, I tell folks I'm not a politician. I'm a public servant. And that's about it. Love that. Love that. Love that. Love that. I I don't think we could end on a better <laughs> note. Like that was perfect. Yes. It was almost like you like knew exactly what to what, say yes. to, to really just wrap up this whole conversation. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it really was. Tesca, we, we really appreciate you, not just for being here with us today, but just for the work that you're doing every day mm. for people who look like us. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. and to me, that yeah. says a whole lot mm -hmm. about who you are at your core and about what you care about. I love the I see you piece. Yes, we talk about yes, that all, all the, the time, time. All the all time. All the time. All the time. And I'm very excited for the things that are happening in Trenton. And thank you for all the work that you're that you're doing there. And thank you all for joining us today. Yes. Thank you for um, you know listening and 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 being a part of this conversation. We want to thank Tesca Frisbee again, the city council president in Trenton, for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you um, in our next episode. Thank you, and um, and reach out and let us know you know what you think about our um, you know our work today, our conversation with Tesca Frisbee. Again, I'm Dr. Tanya Breland, and I'm Erica Leek. Thank you for joining us.